0: Uh, so welcome. When I first started to kind of pull this, uh, this idea together, the idea was you know kind of find five uh, awesome tools for formative assessments and um, the more I just kind of like pull things together, the more I just seemed very underwhelming. and so it turned into you know seven and an eight and I'm not sure where I did it ended up, so um, kind of kept just revised the, the title there. Uh, I'm hoping <laughs> to show you some stuff. Um, some of you' probably seen before. Hopefully some of it's new and maybe some of you just want to know a little bit more about it. Um, so i threw do the accession agenda on there in case you saw that and you're like I know all this stuff perfectly well and you can bail and we'll, we'll look the other way and pretend you're not leaving it in the middle. Um, I'm hoping that we can interact with some of these things and give you a chance to kind of play around with them. And um, so a couple things that might help you. If you haven't connected on, if you have a device, a computer would be great. A cell phone, again you don't have to, you can just watch. Um, but the Wi-Fi password, October with a star, CEA, all capital if you're not on the internet there and if you want to access the slide deck, it's going to be a whole lot easier to interact with us put links and things along the way and that is just if you type in bit.ly slash form CEA21, capital letters do matter on a 50 link. Um, so those things will be on the top of the first couple slides we get going so if it takes you a, a minute to go over there. If your computer's giving you trouble. I can help out with that as well. So, ideally, get it yourself on the web, find this, and I want to start off with a little warm-up activity. So I'm going to transfer over to this one a minute. And uh, I apologize for the coloring. If you, I can, my computer does not show the same color. I have kind of a nice calming green and it's like radioactive sludge (laughs) behind me. Um, So I was a little shocked when I disconnected that. I probably would have changed things up, but it was too late to go with that. So, Um, all right, so here's our agenda. Um, We do wanna talk just for a moment um, about formative in the first place and kind of uh, get on the same page with what do we even mean by these formative assessments? Um, Then as we kind of go through them, some will spend longer with, some will maybe just kind of remind her out there and are, are very good tools and um, looking at our different categories we'll kind of talk about some formatives that bring in that gaming that competition going um, some that are more about having the students show you doing things right some sort of task as they pull together um, their understanding um, some real-time feedback i struggled with really what to call that one so we'll get to that one later and then a couple maybe more traditional options right? so again um, dealing with all kind of the, the digital kind of tech stuff but how can we um, see what our students are thinking, right? How can we get that gauge their their level of understanding as we go through. Um, so step one is for those of you that are connected, again this works just as well on a cell phone. Um, but if you go to menti.com menti.com it will prompt you for a code and there's a eight digit code listed up there right now. 27499522. bless you. Um, so, you can work your way over to menti.com, type in that code, um, it's going to ask you to type a few words. You don't have to do four words, you can do up to four words, you can actually submit it and do four more words if you just are full of words today. Um, try to make the words appropriate, All right? school friendly <laughs> words, um, some of you might have other things in mind. Uh, but when you hear the word formative assessment, or maybe even just the word formative, right? what kind of pops into your mind, what words? topic to your mind. Okay, so I'm just going to give you a minute to do that. I'll I'll go over to the live results here in just a moment. Again, for the users coming in, if you need the internet, our Wi-Fi password there is October Star, capital CEA. October has the capital O on it. If you're wanting to access the slides to go along with us, it'll make some of these links a little bit easier. Bitly, form CEA 21, heading over to minty.com. How many of you have used Mentimeter before? Okay. Okay. Nicely done. All right. This code will stay on the board, so don't worry here. But I'm going to transfer over and see if we've got... I think I actually probably have to transfer over. Okay. Wow, look at that. You guys are on top of it. So we've got lots of words popping in. So we definitely like the idea of a test, Like most word clouds, right, the, the bigger words we're seeing here are the ones that you're throwing on there a little bit more. All right, so a couple of them are standing out to us. We've got test, we've got quiz, those are coming in. Um, pretty fast, quick, all right, so quick test or quick quiz, understanding, okay, I like that one, it's getting bigger. Uh, we got feedback there, check-in, practice, learning, knowledge. By the way, can you guys hear me okay in the back or do I need to use this microphone thing? Okay, good, okay, perfect. Okay, um, right. uh, immediate, blue, mm-hmm. yeah, good. Um I like it. So a lot of words kind of associated with that, right? What's coming in. Um, I think for me, probably the one that pops out the most is understanding or maybe this learning, this check-in, this feedback idea, right? How can we relatively quickly figure out where our students are at? And um, if we look, I'm going to actually take a little screenshot of that in a second so that we can save it. When we come back or we think about what a more official definition of this there are some kind of uh i guess wordy dorky definitions of this idea of a formative assessment and so not to kind of read all this but i I stole this from another source something called the formative assessments for students and teachers the state collaborative assessment anyways uh, just thinking about a couple of these buzzwords on kind of how they put together this idea of a formative assessment. So I tried to underline a couple key words there, right? It's planned. Uh, that one, I don't know if I necessarily agreed with it. I don't know that you have to have a whole lot of planning ahead of time to, to assess it. Um, ongoing. Um, so the idea is, right, if you're, you're seeing where they're at, we want to just kind of continually check in and be like, okay, this isn't the end of the road, right? We want to see where they're at. We want to assess them. We want to see their understanding. And then we want to give that feedback so that they can apply it, right? And then we can check them again and say, okay, now where's your understanding? And then we can address misconceptions there, right? And now where's your understanding? We keep building. We keep having them come back. And um, I would say probably more than anything, then right, that formative is the idea that it's just not that end of the road. We want them to continue to learn, right? Not just to see where they stopped their learning at. Um, so it's planned, it's ongoing, uh, used by students and teachers. I think that's some that uh, or one that occasionally I forget, right? As a teacher, um, right? I can get, get these results. But probably just as importantly, right, having the students also be aware of what these formative assessments are telling right? What's going on here. Um, how can they become better? How can they own up to some of this, um, this learning and understanding, um, using evidence, which hopefully these tech tools, right, are going to give us the evidence to uh, to look at that understanding of uh, uh, for both the teacher and the student to look at that understanding, and so kind of jump into the bottom. Um, the word feedback jumps out several times, right? Analyzing student thinking, right? Some of the same words that you guys threw up there on. That And so when we think about how can we get some of these, uh, one other thing that I want to just peek at here is another figure that I stole. I cited it on the bottom somewhere, but I don't remember where it was. Um, But think about these words, right? Like what are we assessing? What do we want the students to do? Because depending on where you're looking at on this triangle, you're probably going to pick a different formative tool on, on how to check that point, right? So on the bottom, we've got the recall, right? The facts that are the basics. Um, memorizing right so you think about you know is it a multiple choice question where they have to just match kind of this word this term with you know one of a couple different definitions um, so remembering understanding right taking it up one notch higher uh, classifying describing right explaining uh, recognizing uh, then we have applying right another jump up the, uh, the ladder there in terms of solving implementing and demonstrating right not only can they memorize but are they demonstrating that they're really understanding this concept Um, then we analyze right examine experiment question compare contrast Uh, we can evaluate um, argue defend judge seems like people like to evaluate a lot lately Um, and then finally we've got the idea of create and uh, that's one that um, you'll see kind of one of our, maybe our bigger sections on here are, is kind of this create idea, right? Giving the, the students the, uh, the ability, the, the means to be able to show their understanding by constructing, by kind of designing and pulling in the elements that you've been teaching um, in, in maybe a more creative way. Um, so again, there's different goals, different levels, right? Maybe it's also kind of different processes of wherever you're at. You know, maybe at the beginning of a lesson, you're more in that... You know the bottom, you want to get those facts, those basics, right? The foundation down first, and then by the end, maybe we want to have this better reflection of are they really understanding the material? Are they able to use it, apply it, critique it, etc.? All right, so enough like dorky definition stuff. Um, so we get into the tools. So for, as I said before, some of these tools we'll spend a little bit more time with. Um, some of them, I'm gonna assume they're um, probably a little bit more familiar to you and maybe it'll be more just a, a quick reminder, or a chance for you to maybe learn something new about that tool. Um, so starting off with kind of the game competition, I think this is probably the, the at least the first couple of these, the best known category. Um, when people think about different tech tools to do formative assessments, um, Kahoot, for example, right? Kahoot kind of jumped on board several years ago now. Um, it's still a great tool. Um, I'm not gonna say a whole lot more about most of these. Um, but that's a a, a nice little uh, competitive tool. I think there's pros and cons with Kahoot, right? If you, uh, the idea that, I I did a Kahoot in my class the other day, um, and in order for it to work, right, everyone has to like move their chairs a lot closer to the board, because there are some pictures on there that they need to analyze. They they weren't seated on the screen themselves, which I think is a bit of a disadvantage. Um, But there's also some great things, right? Some of the kids really get into that competition. you do get some nice feedback. I took a couple shots of that in a minute. Um, quizzes is one that um, I've started using more than Kahoot. Um, just again, another uh, fun way to kind of have the com- competition. Uh, when I first started using this, Kahoot you had to do live. And I like that quizzes, you could actually assign it and they could do it on their own, yet compete against each other and kind of call it a homework assignment. Um, Kahoot has kind of caught up on that board as well. Um, cool thing I just discovered about quizzes yesterday as I was playing around with some things is. They have a flashcard feature on there. Anyone do the flashcards? No. Yeah. Okay. See, I'm just behind the games. But um, it was pretty cool. I basically took my quiz and the, like the right answer on my quiz and turned it into a, here's the one side of your note card and here the answer is the other side. And it even gave a little cheat button on the on the thing. If the, if they didn't know, or if they didn't know how to answer that question, then they could click the button and it would say, hey, pick one of these four, right? Whatever your multiple choice was. But sweet little quizzing tool for the students. Um, Quizlet, obviously you got your note cards, and a solid tool that a lot of people like for for definitions. I know our uh, world language teachers use Quizlet a lot to kind of make those note card types of things, and there's some gaming built into that um, as well. And some of these play nicely together as well. Um, Blukit, how many of you, Blukit? Okay, we're gonna play a Blukit in a minute, because I was kind of hoping that it was a little bit newer to me as well. Um, but we'll see in a minute one nice thing with that is if you are a quizlet person you can actually just import it right into book and and play right with there um, did anyone ever do gimkit or so gimkit's still around there but i think it went from like free into more paid it was created by a high schooler if i remember right a couple of years ago he was a senior in high school maybe uh, it kind of exploded but um Lookit is a little bit similar to that but still free So regardless of these options, some of the nice things that they have is of course that competition idea, right? That gets some kids going, You gotta be a little careful because it also stops some kids from being able to function, right? You've got that music playing, you got that timer beeping in the corner, right? You know like, oh, I gotta answer this super, super quick because if so-and-so answers it faster than me and we answer the same one, he gets more points than me. So it's always things to consider The pros and cons of kind of having those timings going. I was looking through some of my results the other day. I think it was on a Kahoot. And it was just kind of interesting to see the kid who got every single question right was like, he wasn't even in the middle of the pack. He was probably bottom quarter, even though he was one of the few that got every single thing right, but he took most of the time to to decide his answers. And so he got less points on that. So again, there's options and there's settings that you can play with. Um, The thing that I forget the most when I do like a Kahoot or a quiz is just the fact that it actually gives you a lot of good data at the end, right? I kind of have just fallen into the, it's a fun way to review for the test coming up tomorrow. And you guys know like if you got a whole bunch wrong, like you better study hard, right? Um, But being a little bit more intentional, here's just a little bit of my quiz data from the other day. I took the students off of it, but clearly being able to look at the question number, right? And just doing a quick skim down on how many of those red boxes did I have, right? If I had half my class got that question wrong, I better be a little careful if there's that test tomorrow, right? Or ideally is there more time than that? Or looking at individual students, right? How long did it take them to answer it? How much was their accuracy? How quickly were they answering it? May or may not be as relevant. And then even in the particular questions, right? Looking to see who answered what part, right? Who got distracted by those distractors and who just like picked the random one and, and who knew. So again, not just playing it as the game, but really realizing that there is that data because if we're talking about formative assessments, we want to have that feedback, right? And we will hopefully, the student pays a little attention to that, but I think usually like to finish the game, they're like, ah, I didn't win, right? Close the computer, um, same thing with a teacher. But that data is there to give them that feedback. Um, Kahoot, kind of a similar idea, right? Um, again, the, the playback on the question, who got right and what right, who got it wrong. Um, I kinda like this one that Kahoot tells you the difficult questions. I don't know what their criteria is, like how many wrong, what percent wrong they have to get. Um, but obviously 22 correct, that was not a shining teaching moment apparently. Um, it was also a really small picture on the screen, and that was the other, I all, all the chairs are scooting forward because they were trying to analyze that picture on just on the main board, but um, and then it even tells you the kids who didn't actually get through the whole kahoot. Um, so, long story short, there's a lot of good data there, right? So I just didn't want to overlook those even though they're kind of mainstream these days um, with data. All right, so then we get to something new. So, it. at least I think you call it it. I was trying to figure this out the other day. Was there any other way to say it, Said look it? Okay, we'll go with it then. Um, so, it. a couple things about this one. Um, it's really simple to set up Um, obviously if you have specific questions you got to enter those specific questions right Um, like i said though if you have um if you have a quizlet it imports right in there those two play really nice together Um, like a lot of these there's already people that created them right so if it kind of matches your content you're you'll probably find something that would would be a good review Um, so when you get to it you'll see me click into a couple things in just a moment Uh, basically you choose a question set you either make it or you borrow it. We're just gonna do a fun one here in a minute. Um, there's a couple of game mode options. We're gonna do the Candy Quest, I think. Um, and ultimately, this is it's a little bit of a different twist than the Kahoot and the, um, the Quizlet. It's a little bit more like what GimKit used to be. There's a the little randomness component. So it's still cycling them through these questions, and the faster you answer questions, the more opportunities you have to answer more questions. And then you have like this randomness where in the Candy Quest, um, being or for a Halloween coming up you click a pumpkin and sometimes it tells you you need to steal half the points from someone of your choosing and sometimes it says you gain a hundred pieces and so there's also kind of this there's a little bit of strategy to it a little bit of randomness but the kids are, are trying to get through these questions and answer as many as they can because it gives them more opportunities for it all right so on the other hand you've got to think about pros and cons because it's possible you get to the end and the kid who got them all right Right as the timer was expiring, he clicked on the one that says "lose all your candy." <laughs> right, but the kids still—they understand that, um, and they like it. So, if you have a device, we're going to do a quick round of this, and you can just go right to slash uh, play backslash play You can either click on that link if you're on our uh, on our. Yeah. So again, Wi-Fi is uh, October Star CEA. If you're still not on. I'm going to head over here to Looklet. So just to give you an idea of what this looks like when you get in, Does it Play well with Google? Does your Google login? It does. I believe I made my login through Google. Yes. Most of these tools. By the way, I probably should have said at the beginning. One of the goals of all the tools is that they're all free. Um, again, there are some times where there's different. You know, you get some stuff for free, and if you want more bells and whistles, you pay a little bit more for it. Um, instead of creating a set, I'm going to discover a set. And uh, we're going to test your knowledge on kids' TV show characters. All right? This one has 50 in it. All right. So I'm going to just click host. Notice that you can do like a solo thing on it and whatnot. So you could refer kids over here and they could practice with it. Uh, our Spanish teachers have been using this, and it, there's a lot of repetition in it which is a good thing for them, right? They have all these slide decks, basically like Quizlets, where it's a lot of practice and a lot of memorization to get those words. And so they'll give the kids a long enough time that it'll cycle through a lot of, like it'll ask them that same question a couple times, but again, that repetition really gets them going. All right, I'm just gonna do Candy Quest. Let's host this game. We're gonna do a time limit. Uh, Two minutes? Two, two, Two? Three minutes, we'll do three minutes. We'll do three minutes, okay. So, let's post this thing. So, booklet.com slash play 90903. Again, this works on a phone as well. If you don't have a device, just make fun of someone around you. There is a random name generator, I should say, as well. So, if you really are worried about what your, your kids are going to type in there, you can do the random name gener- generator. Mine doesn't let you go on? It will continue to give you the code, so if you're running late in here, you can still get you on. They're probably still waiting for the What does Oh yeah, you're probably just waiting for me to click start. Alright. So remember you wanna kinda of answer quickly. Then after you answer the question you're gonna click one of three pumpkins. Some pumpkins are good, some are bad. If it gives you a choice to swap, then you get to click someone else's name that pops up and you'll figure it out. I just sold first person's candy. Tom just sold 315 Somebody just took candy for me. Ah, somebody took my candy. He took first. <laughs> the leader's at 6,000 pieces right now. Bradley's running away yeah, with this thing. The oh, someone just stole 1,700 pieces from Bradley. Ah, oh, leader's at 3,300 now. One minute to go. There I go. It's a tight race. Oh, I doubled mine. Wait, just wait. J-A, someone's got to steal. Oh, slick dick. Play. That's me. Oh, oh someone's still like few now. Did you know that's what my dad told me? Someone just took 3,000. Yeah, somebody just took 700. Leaders at 11k. Oh, 13 I know. 13k. Somebody swapped with me, jerks. Sure. 30 seconds. Well, these little pop ups are kind of distracting. Which one have the pop ups? Well, like when somebody's 73K is the number to beat. 10 seconds. 70K. 80K. 90K. about candy and pumpkins. Yeah. Who was the winner? Who was the winner? K-B 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 and good job, K-B. All right. So, just to clarify, because you're all like, excited about what you said, that's fake candy, people. I have no real prizes in life. Um, so, you, you've got, um, you got a little feedback there. As I was mentioning with the other one, it's always good to kind of check out what they tell you. I have oh, to say that... I feel like the feedback on Kahoot and Quiz is a little bit better. Although hopefully you can kind of see some advantage in this mode, the kids really do get into it. Although you also kind of—it's a little bit more random, right? It's a little bit more frustrating when you think you're doing good and then someone just swaps your ten thousand pieces with their two pieces. Yeah. There is a team. Some games are for teams as well. Okay. That's a good point. There's a lot of other modes and um, races and this kind of thing. So that's a good point. So. Kind of play with them. There's a lot of examples out there as well. Uh, overall, I feel like you guys know your TV show characters yeah, decently well, right? Uh, there is a paid version, like everything, right? Up look it, and the paid version gives you better statistics afterwards, more usable statistics. Um, you know, you can't see a leaderboard. Uh, so, Jimbo, congrats. You didn't, you didn't get anything wrong, Ash? I think I got all right 23 questions right. I got 27. Wow. Here's where you show 26 questions right. So you're second to last, right? Even though you didn't get anything wrong. So but here you go. For detailed game reports, go pay them some money. But it is what it is. Um, so that is look at. Kind of just a fun way to have some games. Kids overall kind of like cahoots and quizzes, but sometimes it gets a little stale when you've done them a lot. All right, so switching gears a little bit into thinking about kind of that top of the pyramid a few minutes ago was this idea of creating, right? Of showing, of pulling things together. And so thinking about different apps that allow uh, us to see kind of what the students are seeing. Tell them to, it's not just as simple as clicking A, B, or C. But you actually have to, have to put something together right? to show it. Um, so number one, Jamboard. Now, just so I can kind of gauge things here, um, Jamboarders out there? OK. So few. OK, good. Um, so Jamboard is just another Google product. It's just another Google product. It's a Google product, right? So if you have a Google Drive, you're using Docs and Slides and all that kind of stuff, you got Jamboard in there as well. Um, it's it's kind of works like a whiteboard there's different ways that you can use it um, you can have i'll pull one up here in a second or if you want to actually click where it says click here if you're following along you'll be taken uh, it'll ask you to, to make a copy of my Jamboard there um, you can set up kind of a template on it which is how i've used it a little bit more um, you can have students give a blank slate and have them create something and show some sort of process on it um, you can also it works really well with with some brainstorming things so if i just Click, sorry, click here. So for DNA replication, apparently our block is done. Oh, hello everyone. Thank you guys so much for joining me for another are you? Tech Tips 411 uh, oh, session. You. And today we're going to be talking about ideas for Woo. using... I recognize her voice and it was really weird because I didn't know where she's going from. Okay. <laughs> anyway, she has some nice videos. It's uh, 411 Tech, I think, is her website. Uh, Um, So back to our jam board, though. Um, So I create a couple templates like this. So we're in AP Bio talking through DNA replication, and there's a lot of things going on here in terms of leading strands and lagging strands, this directionality, all these different enzymes and whatnot as this DNA molecule gets unzipped. And so it's hard sometimes to... To get to each student, right? And to see what they're, what they're knowing. Can they actually do this stuff or can they just answer a question on it? And so having something like a Jamboard where you say, okay, here are all the pieces, now kind of put things in line. Right? So for one, they can say, okay, well, um, first of all, let me my, do my leading and lagging strands. Right? Uh, don't quote me on this because I'm not really paying attention to what I'm doing. But they can start to label it on what's going what, uh, drag it in place. Now you can assign these similar to how you assign other Google things, so if you're a Google Classroom user um, or any other um, LMS that allows you to kind of send, make a copy for so-and-so, right? So they each get their copies and you can pull it up. Um, It works nice for that. You can share how I just did, and instead of, um, to to make that copy, you just change the edit word and put copy at the end of your link. Um, Of course, I can't really go and see what you guys are doing at this point, right? Because you just made a copy for your own drive. Um, so if it does work really well to share it through um, more like a Google Classroom or have some way to kind of show their understanding. What I really like to do is, in a minute, we'll just mention Flipgrid, we'll give it some props. I think we aren't gonna spend too long with it, but combining something like that with this, right, in terms of have them record their screen as they do a Jamboard, right? Because if I only see the final picture of this, I could probably be like, okay, at least you got the things in the right place. But did you put them in the right timing right to get into place? They all ended there, but I couldn't really see the process. Um, but if they're recording themselves doing this, and then I watch a 30 second clip of them explaining, or at the very least, them clicking and dragging, I can see the, the process, the order of their Jamboard. Um, so it's a nice way for me to be able to assess that without trying to figure out how do I individually go to each student and have them walk me through it. Right? Um, So doing it with some sort of uh, kind of action item like this, Um, a couple other ways that uh, I've used Jamboard here. Um, And again, you don't have to click on this, uh, but if you do click on it, you can add stuff to it. You're welcome to, Um, but sticky note kind of idea, right? So maybe like a brainstorming idea. You uh, thought I had this one open as well, but let's see if I can find that one. With the sticky notes, you could get kids in groups um, and say, "Hey, let's brainstorm some variables for this next uh, science experiment." Um, you could, uh, in one of our um, our science session, we were going to use Jamboard. We kind of ran out of time for our roundtable, right? Trying to figure out like, what do we want to discuss as a group? What are some thoughts and questions you have? Um, and it's just really easy to just do a Command Shift P or Command or Control Shift P for you non Mac people. And, you just kind of type in a question choose a color right and uh oh we had one and it disappears. um and then you just kind of put it wherever you want to put it right um so whether you give them the editing ability to do it as a group right collaborate on something or whether you use it more like that uh, first jam board uh, you can see that people are joining right uh, there are you can put different screens on the top so I just kind of recreated the same one three times, so I wasn't sure how busy it would get. I think someone else just made a fifth one over there, I'm pretty sure I only has four, that's fine. Right? Uh, again, if you're doing it collaboratively, um, just like in Google Slide, it's kind of a similar idea with that. Uh, just gives it, uh, kind of boils down to the basics of what you want them to be able to add um, to these things. So that one's not so much on the formative side, using it this way, as opposed to if you're thinking about um, the first Jamboard that we had, right, kind of a template, how can you have your students show it? And again, you don't have to give them that some sort of starting point, right? You can just say, hey, your task is to do this. Maybe one of their options is to do it on a Jamboard. Maybe another option is to do it on a Google slide. Right? There's a lot of good drawing, uh, even just Google drawings, right? Is a really powerful tool for kids to think about how am I gonna how am I gonna put this all together. Um, but very nice just being part of that same Google product. Um, works out pretty well. So that is your jam board. Uh, now just get play again, and I gotta change how I did that. Okay. Okay. Um, another just quick mention, similar idea um, on having students create. So Canva, not to be confused with canvas. Um, Canva is. Um, it's it's pretty huge on what it allows you to do Um, in terms of making um, posters it's probably the biggest way that I've used it Um, but it goes way beyond using it just for posters Um, there are I was on the website uh, earlier this morning and they claim I think they said 250,000 templates to start with is what they're up to for for free version Um, millions of icons and graphics and again the idea of just kind of a lot of it's clickable right so kind of click and play they're not having to like make the different pieces it's again showing some sort of concept right uh, whether that's a poster whether you're thinking of like uh you know rather than saying here is your lab report kind of write out your results what about displaying it right somehow show your results of this right or you're having some sort of uh, uh whether it's a debate or right you can show it in a different way right show the top five something others and they design a visual way to, to display their understanding um, like a lot of these other tools right there's the free versions there's the paid versions um, the free version offers quite a bit of things that that uh, the students can do there is a learning curve on it right um, so i haven't tried this with younger kids um, but for the most part it's pretty self-explanatory once you kind of get in there, and get open in terms of um, bringing things in. Um, it's oftentimes a struggle to get things going because it is kind of that higher order thinking, right? As you're asking the students to really show you what they know, not only are they showing you what they know, but they have to think about how they're going to show that, right? What are they going to bring in? What are going uh, How are they going to build it? How are they going to organize um, their understanding there? Great. Right, if I click on my clicker, I'll get that lady again, so... Uh, either way. no wonder she has a good website she comes on whenever she wants to um, storyboard that another very simple click and play um, one of the activities that I probably have liked best in my AP bio class is we just talked about the immune system and then they have to do just a short little comic strip somehow explaining the, the, basically the three lines of defense um, of the immune system and so you have these you know some of the kids, some of the smartest kids in these like really literal ones and they're like, but there's not like a there's not like a virus picture. I'm like, no, no, there's not. They're like, how do I like show like the inside of this person? I'm like, I don't think there's like that'd be a really weird background. Right? Like, yes, there's a castle, but there's not one that like drags inside of your body. Um, And so it takes them a moment to think about, okay, I have to make some sort of comparisons, right? How am I gonna show, like, what would this look like the first line of defense, right? So they have someone breaking into the castle, right? Getting past the wall, getting through the drawbridge, right? Um, And so again, stretching their mind a little bit. Um, It's a really powerful tool. It's actually a really great paid version as well. Um, My middle child will spend literally hours just creating their own stories and things like that. for the free version, you can do a three by two like this, or you can do a three by one, right? Just delete the second part. Um, but it still gives you access to just thousands of backgrounds, characters. Yeah, you can get as detailed as you want with the characters, right? You click on them and you can make their arm, you know, change their arm shapes and their poses and um, all these kind of different things. Um, speech bubbles. You can add, uh, while you're limited to the three by one or the three by two, you can add, there's different layouts of those. So you can either have like a little running bar underneath it sometimes i tell students like if you if you don't think i'm going to follow what in the world you're doing maybe at least add a sentence to the bottom of each one um, so you can do that um, so it is really flexible but again getting them to think about um, just kind of a fun way to present something right to tell a story about the things that they've learned um, storyboard that um, like a lot of these right most of these tech tools now are doing the google login which really makes it easy if you uh, if you happen to a uh, google school Flipgrid, again, it's one of those ones where like I went back and forth. because um, I feel like Flipgrid gets talked about all the time. Um, I still just think it's a really powerful tool. And the main thing I, I kept on here for um, is the idea that that bottom bullet point, and it's not like super new, but it's relatively new. I want to say maybe last school year where students can now record their screen. And so if you've ever had those students that have been really, really hesitant to be on Flipgrid, because they just cringe at the idea of having their face on this video, right? And it's just, it's probably better than being up front in front of the class but they still just, man, they just don't like that, that attention, that spotlight on them. I think that we all kind of, like you hear yourself on a video or something like that and you're like, oh crap, is that really, that's really what I sound like? Um, but the cool thing is you can also screen record now. And so you think back to something like Jamboard where now they can, they can have their Jamboard open Right, they can get Flipgrid going, record their screen, and so now as they're doing the Jamboard, as they're dragging those pieces in place, showing you that they understand the process, you can at least see it, or you can tell them they have to narrate it as they go along as well. Right, you can still set it and say like, "Hey, you have 30 seconds to do this. You have two minutes to do this." Kind of idea, um, and so maybe they don't even need to be on the screen themselves. Right, they're screen recording. Um, Right, I want to see their jam board. I don't necessarily need to see their face. One of the most challenging things that my AP students have said I've done is they made some pretty detailed posters on photosynthesis and cellular respiration. Um, Every time we learned another step, they kind of figured out how to put it into this poster. And then I gave them 30 seconds to go on to Flipgrid. So this wasn't a screen recording, just, you know, they just grabbed out their cell phones on it. And they had 30 seconds to walk me through, or maybe more like run me through those processes, right? And they're like, it's impossible to do it in that amount of time. But the idea was they all probably ended up recording their video three or four times. Now, it wasn't a huge deal because it wasn't a super long video, but they would get to the end of their timing, and they were only 70% through. And then they made it to 80% through, and then they figured out a way to make it 90% through it, right? And they finally got through it focusing on what are the, the essentials, right? What do they have to mention in that poster to get through? It allowed them to really take that poster and think about what, what are those important points that, that I can't just stop my video without having mentioned. Right? Um, so again, it's just still a very powerful tool in terms of it's just so hard to talk with every one of our students, and I'd love to, to sit down and have every student walk me through in person, and it just there doesn't seem to be time to do that, right? Um, so a solid, a solid one for that. If you want to hear any of those explanations, those, uh, those videos will play as well. All right, switching gears again. I really had no idea what to call this. So I called it real-time feedback, which I don't really know what that means. Um, But the idea was um, with Edpuzzle and with our next one, that the students are kind of learning and kind of getting um, the formative assessment all at the same time, right? And so um, Edpuzzle uh, seems like it exploded kind of the last year, right, with the pandemic and all this stuff. Um, Again, another one where I don't want to go too deep into it because I think a lot of you are probably familiar with it. Um, but if you don't know anything about Ad Puzzle, it basically allows you to assign a video. You can have questions to answer along the way in the video. Um, really easy to take something off of YouTube. Um, I would say if you show a video in class, if it's a fairly typical, like, oh, this is a good person on YouTube kind of video, there's probably an Ad Puzzle that someone already made with questions for it. And there's probably like... 32, 52 versions of that same video already on that puzzle. Take that, make it your own, right? Change it if you want to, don't change it. Um, But you can put questions in there, you can put notes in there, like it pauses the video and you're like, hey, remember what we talked about, blah, blah, blah. Um, You can do voiceover in it. Students, you can have an option so the students can't fast forward the video, right? So they have to watch it all the way through. It gives you a report at the end, what did they score? You can do free response questions as well on it. I usually stick with multiple choice because then, they immediately get that feedback i get that feedback um, sometimes it slows things down too much in my opinion if i have to for this if i have to go in there and like grade essays and things like that but you can do it um, again very nice at the end you can say okay here's the questions you got right or wrong um, if the student says they did it it's very clear i know you did 70 percent of it right you didn't finish the video that kind of stuff um, free version allows 20 videos you can get more than that by getting people to, to sign up. So if you signed up and you find some coworkers who aren't using it, tell them to sign up. Get, you can give them a code. If they sign up with your code, you get three more every time, right? Pretty easily you can build it up, right? Go put a plea on Facebook or something like that, telling everyone to go sign up for, uh, for Ed Puzzle with your code. And there you go, you got a whole bunch. Um, but it is a really great, uh, a great tool especially if you have these. I know a lot of people use it for flipped classrooms. I use it more just, uh, I want them to see the content in another way, and I know if I just say, hey, watch this YouTube video, okay, like two kids probably did, right? How do you really judge that without having some way to do it? Um, you can, of course, upload your own videos as well. So I know some people like record their own lectures and then put questions and stuff to it as well and flip their classroom. Um, that's taken it to a whole other level, but also works great. Um, and then there's Pear Deck. Um, just a quick show of hands, Pear Deck people, how oh, many of you have done Pear Deck? Okay. Um, so with Pear Deck, you can build it into Google Slides, which I will quickly do here. Um, you can build it with Google Slides, you can build it with PowerPoint, it's a nice little add-on. It doesn't change your PowerPoint or your Google Slides at all. So the great part of this is you're not like redesigning everything, but it allows you to be going through your, your PowerPoint, your, your Google Slides and then to pause and ask for some questions. You can get multiple choice questions, open-ended questions. Um, These are kind of the four free options. So text, right, they can actually write a response, uh, multiple choice, I'll show you a number scale in a second. Um, And you can even type in a website there and it'll actually bring them to that website, kind of locked in on their screen and then you can take them back off that website. So that was one that uh, I hadn't realized that was there before, but kind of a cool idea. If you have a paid version, There's more things you can do. There's draggable drawings. Students can drag and draw. Uh, If you want to uh, get around the free part on that, they have a lot of examples, like uh, kind of pre-built decks for you to play around with. If you take one of their questions, that's a draggable or a drawing one, and you take that question and edit it and make it your own question, then you have access to those tools. So um, anyways, um, it's a really cool tool. So let's just, um, Let's just sample this real quick. Here's all you got to do for it, right? So I got my my uh, presentation going already. I'm going to click Add-ons and Pear Deck for Google Slides. Um, so basically, I just got to pull it up. The one weird thing, by the way, is if your school is doing shared drive on Google, right? The shared drives, you can't run the paragraph through shared drives unless you pay for it. So I always kind of have like my presentation or whatever I'm doing there, and then I have to like copy it over to my drive, and then I can run it through my drive. That's the one annoying thing that I find. Um, but it's as simple as doing, start this lesson. If, you, uh, if any of you want to jump on this in a second, just so others can see what it looks like. I'm gonna do instructor paste. I did read that it said student paste was a paid feature, but when I tested it the other day, it did not seem like a paid feature, so I don't know if anyone can comment on that. I, I don't think it was. I didn't think it was either, but, so maybe I read whatever their statement was wrong. But um, in a second, it's going to give you a Join PD. Uh, so any of you that have got your devices handy, joinpd.com, and then you're going to type in SSWZTA, Stoke Submarines Warmly Zip Troubling Avocados. I like that. So they always do come up with some fun little things. Yeah. Yeah here like, kids, to sign up for death, or does nope. kids don't have to do anything. All they have to do is go to joinpd.com and then type in the six digits just like you. So you would just put this up in the class? Yep, and you can see we've got 19 of you in here right now. Um, all right, so due to time, we're just going to keep this going. You've still got the code up there on the top right, right? It's just joinpd.com. And I have to, it started me at the beginning of my presentation, so I'm just going to quickly jump back to where we were. So all I did was in my original presentation, I just added a couple of these Pear Deck slides. And all I had to do was type a question. And so we're going to pick up right here. So this is, I could use Pear Deck in my classroom too. And right now it says, uh, I got some responses coming in. So 8 out of 30 um, I have a button down here that says show responses. When you feel like you don't want responses coming back in, you can click a lock button down here as well. I can add a new prompt on the fly as well. So sometimes you're in the middle of teaching and you're like, oh man, I really wish I'd asked this question. Well, there's a new prompt button right down there as well. Um, so, if I click show responses here, for this one being kind of this open-ended, write this text, you can see you can quickly scroll through. Um, now you can check this out at the end, you could show it, it just kind of depends on does the feedback means something at this particular moment or not. There's a list view, uh, there's a grid view here, right, um, and again you can lock it so things don't change and hide responses back. Um, if I move on to the next slide, going from, there we go, um, So here's a multiple choice one. So hopefully you got a couple options to choose from. I purposely didn't read this on the slides, but it was listed, so see if you paid attention to it. And if you show your responses too quickly, then people quickly change their answers. Um, So it does work with both Google and Microsoft, so you PowerPoint people out there. There's an add-on for that as well. Don't don't worry. I got you covered there. Um, Oh, yeah, see now. Okay, it's changing. Um, and then finally, this is kind of just a unique one, but uh, on a scale of one to a hundred, I give deck a. So this is a number response, and here's what it does: it kind of just puts it on a on a grid, so you can see people weighing in. So again, in real time, at the very least, I could get a pretty good sense of if you just kind of taught a concept and you had them rate something or kind of rank it, you could start to see, like, uh, okay. Maybe, maybe we need to backtrack a little bit and uh, and readdress it. Or, um, you know, again, be creative. Oh, well, someone's off the charts now. See, there's always that person. Um, so, and sometimes it gets a little annoying jumping all around on that kind of stuff, right? And so that's why you can lock um, and, and just kind of move on and things like that. There it is. There we go. See? Just remember this the next time your students do that to you. So, all right so you get the point i think all right so we're going to end that Um, we'll just call it cea so you can end and save your session like that and then that way you can kind of uh, pop back over there and double check your results because again like these other ones while that can give you some good real time live feedback, you might also wanna go back and, uh, and dig down a little bit deeper into that data. Um, so that's Pear Deck, again, just really nice because you already have probably the slides, the presentation. Um, you can still see it open on the side here. So yeah, you have to download the add-on, very simple. You might need tech help if your school locks you down a lot. Um, but then basically you're just, there are my three my four free options there, I was just clicking one, I just typed in the question that I wanted, it was multiple choice, I took a couple answers, and now you can see at the bottom, hey, this is a Pear Deck text slide, right? If it's a multiple choice one, it'll actually tell you your choices that you currently have. Google, Microsoft, both, um, super simple to work with. If you think about all those students that you're kind of like partway through your presentation and they're right, not enough, again, if we could just kind of touch base, check in with them. I really do like the drawing one on there as well, so whether you kind of steal it from their examples or or pay for it, that's a solid choice as well. All right, and so finally kind of wrapping this up here, get done at 250. Um, So I call these more traditional, again my mind was starting to run blank at some point. Um, I just wanted to throw a couple other ones that in my opinion, they were just a little bit more, I consider it more straightforward, right? Sometimes you just want the kid to answer a question, right? And you don't need to get too fancy. It doesn't need to turn into a, a game. You don't need to throw fake candy at them. Um, Socrative is still just a good option. Um, there's a couple things that I think sometimes are overlooked with Socrative, or do you call it Socrative? Yeah, Socrative. Well, I call it Socrative. So uh, <laughs> if you've never tried the exit ticket, it's a nice little feature. Uh, At least I think it is, unless I'm totally using it wrong. But um, it basically just has them kind of rank something. And it asks like a really general question, like, how did you feel about today? And then the third question is, answer the teacher's question. All right, I was testing this on my son. He's like, "I, I don't know what that means. I was like, well, I didn't ask you a question. So, like, yes, you don't understand what it means. But it's just a really quick, the point is that you don't have to set it up, right? It's generic enough that it would fit at the end of almost any lesson, right? What, like, On a scale of one to five, what's your understanding? Um, And then just a generic, like how did the lesson go today? How did you feel about the lesson today? And then you could just have a, you know, just write a simple question on the board, right? Tell me blank, Uh, tell me one of the three steps of, right? Or you can verbally do it and and hope they listen to it. But it's super simple to set it up. Now, of course, you can create other quizzes with it, right? Just straightforward kind of things. Um, These quick questions are also really nice. Because if you do like a multiple choice, it basically just is A, B, and C, and D. You'd have to have like the question and the option somewhere else. So again, it could be on your board. Um, I've used this in the past, kind of before, like the Pear Deck world, where I wanted to ask them occasional questions during something, but I didn't have the means to do it. So they were on uh, Socrative and I would just click the button and it would say A, B, or C, or D, and my PowerPoint or my slides would say what A, B, or A, B, C, or D were. Um, now with, with Pear Deck and some of these other ones, uh, maybe not quite as necessary. But again, a solid option. Um, there is a space race, so I guess that's kind of game. Uh, I've never really tried that out. Anyone ever do space race? Okay. Looks a little cheesy to me. Um, and formative is also kind of a cool tool. Uh, formative is maybe a little less known. It used to be called go.formative. Now it's just called formative. So it must be good for formative assessments. Um, you can see lots of different options here. The ones that are slightly lesser blue with a star by them, those are paid features. Um, but again, it gives you some good options in terms of different ways to answer the question. It plays really nice with Google Classroom in terms of building your class from Google Classroom and kind of syncing back and forth. Um, one, one response question that I really like with it is there's a drawing part in there. And so um, as, part of their, as part of their question, instead of typing something, right, they, they literally can draw it which uh, some of them are smart enough that they figure out you can actually like use the circle tool. The other ones try to like draw a circle on their trackpad and it looks like trans and then we like laugh at them and it's all good. Uh, but you can also toggle the names back and forth. so I usually keep the names hidden and then you can like more easily make fun of them. Um, but that's says show names right there. so name is hidden. I actually never really use this to grade anything on it, but you can do a little slider and assess it right there if you wanted to kind of give that. but just a quick way to, to show some results without calling kids out. And again, get the sense of, of what everyone's doing and looking like. And then talk through hey, you know, what I told them when they were doing this, I said, we would probably learn more from the ones of you that, that did this totally wrong than the ones that did it right, right? Let's just talk through it and see what's right and what's wrong. So that's formative. By the way, all of these are links up here for each title. So if you want to check these out later. And then, of course, we can't overlook, just go to Google Forms. We've all done them. Um, but just again, a very the quiz feature, right? It's just a very solid option. Um, some of our teachers swear by the short answers. They feel of all these different options and things we've done over the years. Um, that the way that they can grade short answer questions with giving a Google quiz. Uh, again, just make sure you're like doing the legit make it a quiz one. Um, they feel like it's just one of the most straightforward ways to do it. Uh, Super easy. It also kind of automates these days. So if you start typing a question, sometimes it's smart enough to anticipate what your options are even going to be, and you can just select them, write all, and and that kind of stuff. Uh, Puts it in a nice, easy, friendly, happy spreadsheet um, for teachers to look at as well. So kind of boring, uh, but super, super easy, right? Super quick, and the last thing that we need sometimes is spending way too much of our time trying to make something fancy when all we really need is the feedback. Uh, So we are about out of time, so I hope you don't have any questions. Um, If if you want, uh, if you you like techie things and you want to keep talking some techiness tomorrow, um, there's a little bit of overlap. I could put the agenda up if you're curious, but uh, I'll be talking about not just formative stuff, but just techie tools in general um, tomorrow at 1010 over in the garage at the top of the stairs. Otherwise, feel free to stick around for a few minutes, and I will answer your questions after all. Uh, Thank you guys for coming.